friends, and welcome to Annie's Pink Chair, where we bring real, raw, relevant issues to the table from a woman's perspective with wit and wisdom. Speaking of relevant issues and speaking of wisdom, I have to talk about this today. It's on my heart. The past couple weeks have been a spiritual and emotional roller coaster for me. Let's talk today about forgiveness. Forgiveness. Maybe you need to breathe that. Say it to yourself, forgiveness, and then breathe in and breathe out. Because for some, this is not too difficult. But for many, this is usually wherever I preach at, if I have a share for a church or a small group, or I'm talking to some friends, this is usually something that comes up in 80% or more of the time with a group of, let's say, a thousand or a hundred or a couple people, they have unforgiveness in their heart. And so I had to do some self-examination the past couple weeks. Let me just share my story quickly with you. Some of you don't know my story, but if you do know my story, if you don't, you should get my book. It's called Fallen Out of the Sex Industry and Into the Arms of the Savior. You can go to our website and purchase it or Amazon. And it's a story about my life growing up in Minnesota and being sex trafficked in Minnesota, Las Vegas, and Hawaii. So I grew up in a fairly Christian home. I went to church growing up, went to Lutheran uh, Sunday school. It was really fun for me because there was like cupcakes and cookies and candy. And plus I had crushes on boys and it was never really about the Jesus factor. But I do remember when I first went, when I was very young, when I was probably about four or five years old, I remember the Sunday school teacher talking about forgiveness and that we're supposed to forgive. And of course, as a little girl, you know, little child, we don't really understand what that fully means, but I did somehow grasp it. And I knew at that point in my life that I needed, oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I needed Jesus too. Forgive me, <clears throat> even as a little girl, of things that I had, was thinking and things that I had done. I pushed my brother. I yelled at my sister. I said the F word. And I remember, like, I needed forgiveness for this because I knew it was wrong. So to me, it was like a, a, a wonderful, like a wash of like a waterfall coming over my soul as a little girl. And, you know, as I grew up and grew into my teen years, I would continue like we all do pick up offenses and then not drop them but sometimes I would forgive again and then when I was probably eight or nine years old I had a very bad thing happen to me I was sexually abused by a neighbor and I had to again learn about forgiveness and I was going to a parochial school at the time and what I mean by that is it was a paid education that was a, a Christian organization called Trinity Life Lutheran and I loved my teacher Miss Barbara and she used to just talk about Jesus like it was like her best friend and he was like real to her. And I, you know, for me, for the first time in my life, I really felt that Jesus was someone that was real and tangible. And so as I got older, I forgave that person for hurting me, but I never really realized how much I held on to a lot of other things because um, when I was a teenager, I was partying a lot. I was drinking a lot. And I think uh, smoking pot and then, you know, dropping like white crosses and doing Sudafed in school with my friends. We were, you know, getting high and doing our thing. I was probably 
either 17 or 18 years old. And uh, I might have been 16. I just don't remember the exact age. All I know is I was going to high school and I had this crush on this boy. He did not go to our high school. Do you guys remember your high school crushes or your grade school crushes? Well, this crush went all the way back to fifth grade school that I went to. And this boy, I was madly in love with. Like every time I saw him, I would just like turn bright red. I never really talked to him, but I could always tell that he would stare at me. And I knew that he kind of had maybe a little crush on me, but I never got to that level of even really speaking to him about dating or being my boyfriend at that school. At the time, I was actually very shy. And one of my best girlfriends knew I had a massive crush on this guy. So I moved away and we went to this other school and I was now in 10th grade, 11th grade. And I was sitting by my uh, phone one night and it rang. And I think that this person got my number from somebody from another school, but they called and uh, this person said, Hey, and I'm just going to make up a name. Hey, uh, this is Terry. And I heard that you know, you like to go to basketball games and I'd like to see if you'd like to go to a basketball game with me and possibly hang out after and get, get something to eat. And I was like, oh my gosh, how did this guy get my number? And I was so shocked that he called me and I was like, wow, this is awesome. So of course I decided to go, uh, to see this basketball game, but you know, we really didn't watch much of it because he was, he started to hold my hand and I was so excited. You guys understand this since fifth grade, like this is five years in the making this date I'm having, like I'm so excited and so elated that this person's actually it's longer than that. Let's see. Fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, ten, six years in the making. Like I, couldn't believe this person was paying me any attention sitting next to me. My heart's racing. I'm just having like this. Wow. This is just wonderful. And I ended up going with him to this game and we went, he said he was going to take me to eat, but really that's not what happened in his back trunk. He had hard liquor and I can't really remember. It might've been like it might've been like schnapps. I just don't remember the name of the, the actual drink we were drinking in the car, but he drove to like this road. Cause I lived in the country at the time. And we just started passing the liquor bottle back and forth with each other. It's one of those little pints. And we were just taking swigs and I started to get really faded. Like if anyone doesn't know what that means, I started to get really buzzed, pretty drunk. And I'm just sitting there like, Whoa, what, <laughs> what time is it? I have to be home by 10 o'clock. It was a weeknight. It was dark outside. It was, I remember it was the going into the fall into the winter. Um, and it was a little chilly out. And so we're talking, he's playing music and we're just sitting there. And then we start kissing and, you know, he's like, Oh, I have this place that I know about that we can go. And I was like, okay. So he starts driving. And let me tell you something. I, I don't really remember much of the driving. I just, I think I might've been starting to fall asleep because I was so drunk and we get to this place and it's this trailer. It's a white trailer. I remember that it looked really like di di dilapidated. It looked old and 
he brings me into this trailer and I'm thinking there's maybe going to be someone there, but there wasn't, there was no lights on. You guys, listen, this was so gross. It was a, an abandoned trailer and there was nowhere to sit down. It was disgusting and dirty. Uh, maybe like an old couch with holes in it. it there was holes in the wall. Uh, it smelled like pee. It was really gross. And that's when everything happened. I'm not going to go into details, but what I do know that night is he raped me and uh, I couldn't stop him. It devastated me. Um, I remember getting back into the car and just crying and him driving me back to my parents' house and just dropping me off and not walking me to the door and just dumping me there. Uh, and uh, there was my fantasy guy. There was my crush my high school, my grade school crush, he ended up becoming a rapist in my life. And I remember not telling my mother. In fact, I just told my mother this story two days ago. She was mad. She wanted to call up his mother. She was like, I'm going to call. I'm like, mom, stop. And the reason why I'm bringing up this story is because I was thinking about this. It, it, it's the weirdest thing. Do you ever have anything happen to you where it has just surface and you don't know why and God shines a light on it in your heart and I just remembered that this guy raped me literally I remembered the interaction and I was like wow and I was like that jerk this is exactly probably what I was thinking of two weeks ago in my mind I was like and I probably might have sworn in my brain I'm not gonna lie I was really mad I was like this you know whatever Fill in the blank, y'all, because you know you get mad too. And so <clears throat> I saw something recently. I just found out this person passed away. And it's a possible suicide. And there were some posts that I saw with his family saying he had mental illness. And I was like, well, yeah, obviously. You know, the guy raped me. Like, really? Like, you think he had mental illness? Like, but then I, I'm sitting there and... uh and I'm thinking about, you know, the first time that he ever looked at me that I like liked him. I didn't see that in him. I never saw that in his eyes. I never saw a rapist. I never saw mental illness. I saw a kind, beautiful person with beautiful eyes that was looking at me. And so, you know, honestly, you guys, I'm a woman of faith. God really convicted me. And he was like, you have to forgive him. I brought it up, Annie, because I knew you were going to see this post and I knew it was going to come that you were going to see this. And it's so weird. Like literally two weeks ago, I was really mad at him. And I just saw this post literally a week ago, you guys. So the Holy Spirit, he's sneaky sometimes. He can get to our heart in a certain way and he can bring up an old memory and some trauma that happens to us and, and tap us lightly on the shoulder and say, you are not released. You didn't release this. You didn't remember it. I didn't let you remember it. And so I sat there. I'm trying to get ready for work, but I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, I, you know what? Yeah, you're right, Lord. I got to forgive this person. So I said a prayer and I said, Lord, forgive me for not forgiving him all these years for not remembering, but mostly forgive my heart for holding that anger and, and trying to hold on to it as justification and yes, I'm not suggesting to anyone that's watching or listening right now that you need to let it go right now. 
But is God tapping you in your heart right now? Is the Holy Spirit asking you? I don't know what abuse you've been through, but that's not just one incident in my life. I have had so many more rapes than I could even tell you about. Men in my life that have abused me, that have trafficked me, that have beat me down physically. And I have had to learn to walk through this forgiveness journey. And let me be real with you, friends. It is not easy. Trauma is real. Abuse is real. Rape is real. And I would suggest if you're suffering right now, if you have unforgiveness, if abuse has happened to you, that you would definitely seek God, but also some mentors in your life, maybe some counselors, and get some advice to help walk you through this process of forgiveness. So for me, it looked like this. I was reading about Jesus in the garden uh, that day, particularly that I was supposed to forgive this guy that the Holy Spirit tapped me on the shoulder for. And the story was that Jesus was in the garden and he was getting ready to take the cup and drink the cup of wrath for our sins and die, right? He was going to choose and he might've been full of anxiety, full of fear, full of, you know, just, I don't know what, What would you feel if someone asked you to give their lives, to give your life for someone that, for something you never did? He was willing to do that. And when he was on the cross, he said something. He said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And uh, that story really stuck in my head. And so I asked the Lord to forgive him. And I asked myself to forgive him. And there's one thing that would have stopped me from doing this a long time ago, you guys. And if that was something that I did not remember to do in the very beginning when I first gave my life and surrendered fully with my overdose on August 2nd, 2003 to Jesus was this, is learning to forgive myself. And so I had to walk through, Lord, I ask that you forgive me for not forgiving him, first of all, and I forgive him for raping me. I forgive him for taking advantage of that young little girl. I forgive him for uh, getting me drunk and purposely bringing me to a place that he could do his dirty work. I, in my heart, forgive because that little boy that he used to be was abused. There was addiction in that family. And is it possible that he didn't even realize the extent of his own brokenness and his own trauma that now he became an abuser. Let me share something with you. It says in Ephesians 4.32, instead be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Okay, there it is, everyone. It says, Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Highlight, (laughs) just as God through Christ has forgiven you. And I say through Christ with that scripture because Jesus went through the garden of Gethsemane. He went on that cross and he gave his life. And think about if Jesus would have not forgiven us for sinning and for doing what we've done and decided not to do it. He would have taken himself off that cross, but instead... 
And he would have just dropped everything and said, forget these people. I'm going to have lightning strike them. They deserve it. They're the ones who did this. But instead, he chose to stay up there, go through all that pain. And on top of all that, chose to forgive us so that we could be kind to one another. Right. And that so that God could forgive us because his blood was shed for our forgiveness. If he wouldn't have done that, we wouldn't be forgiven. So how, who am I to hold back for unforgiveness to about, I'm sorry, my forgiveness towards this person, even if that person can't hear what I had to say. So, you know what I did? I was kind of curious. I went and looked at messenger because I know that, uh, for some reason we were friends on Facebook. I went and looked at messenger. You guys, he was messaging me saying he watched the television show. Uh, he was proud, you know, thanks for sharing and very kind messages. And even though I never really messaged him back because I never got the messages, but I got the messages after he passed away. There was some peace that happened by reading that, knowing that maybe there was a piece of him that regretted it. And I'm not saying that any of your abusers or anyone that's done bad things to you uh, has asked for forgiveness, but I have to make that first step. We have to make that first step because Jesus is our example. He made that first step to forgive, right? I had to forgive my rapist, you know, and it always starts with us. I had to forgive myself for doing what I did for, to myself in my life. I had to forgive my father for being the man that he was to my mother and abusing her and forgive him for abusing us kids. And you know what? I just thought of my dad the other day and I love him and I've forgiven him. And we had that reconciliation in 2006. I say it with a smile on my face because it was such a beautiful day. He asked me to forgive him for being the way he was when I was growing up. And you know what? He took responsibility. He said, Annie, I feel like you never would have lived that lifestyle if it wasn't for me being so harsh with you. And yes, tears were shed that day and the chains of full uh, song came to mind at that time. I told my father, I said, dad, I feel like we're singing that song chain of fools because we've been a chain of fools. We have possibly spread this from family member to family member and not really owned up to our stuff. And now we're breaking chains. You asking me for forgiveness is breaking a chain. So maybe today I'm here to talk to everyone today. We're almost out of time about forgiveness. Is there something in you? Is there someone other people in your life currently that you might need to forgive that maybe out of their brokenness, out of their pain, they're acting out towards you. They're being rude to you. They're being, uh, maybe gossipy. Maybe they're talking behind your back. Maybe they purposely stole from you. Maybe they, uh, uh destroyed your reputation. Maybe they did something even more horrific. They, destroyed your life by abusing you sexually, uh, abusing you physically, and you just are devastated and you're stuck in this pattern. You guys, if you don't get out of that, that unforgiveness, you will stay and create your own prison. And if you don't release that, and here's, here's what advice I'd like to give you. It was hard for me to forgive myself, but it was harder for me harder for me to forgive others that had hurt me.
And when I held on to that hurt and pain, my life was full of cortisol. I was stressed out. I was angry and didn't know why. Is it possible when you're holding on to these things? Do you know that it's documented that when you hold on to unforgiveness, that you can actually create sickness in your body? Cancers can happen, high blood pressure, ulcers. Hey, there could be a reason for a physical mis manifestation of your actual physical pain. Is there any trauma or built up unforgiveness in your life? So I want to share uh, one more scripture with you. Um, actually a few, <laughs> because I see here, it says in Colossians 3:13, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. I like to jump to this one because there was a disciple that was super rebellious and very loud and very obnoxious. His name was Peter. And he was, you know, one of Jesus's, I think, favorites. But he was also, he said some things. He put his foot in his mouth a lot. So he said at this time to Jesus in Matthew 18, 21, Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? I mean, maybe that was a good suggestion. Maybe he thought that would sound good because seven is God's number, right? And Jesus said, no, not seven times. Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. And some people would say, wow, what is 70 times seven? Well, do the math, right? That's a lot of different times. That's a lot of uh, hundreds of different forgivenesses over and over. But Jesus wasn't making a point to count the, the forgivenesses out like that. He was making that point to say to forgive as many times as it's possible to forgive because that's what we're called to do. If we are Christ's followers, we are to forgive people over and over. Now, it doesn't make it right that they keep on doing this. And that's something called boundaries. You need forgive this person, but make your boundaries and state your boundaries and let them know, hey, you trespassed and I need to kind of put a boundary up now. And it doesn't mean we have to let those people back in our lives to continue to abuse us, but we can make a declaration and a boundary saying, Hey, you did this and I'm not going to allow you to do it anymore. Or let's say maybe it's a friend. They just lightly do things and make you mad and do dumb things to you over and over. And they're things that really don't necessarily hurt your boundaries, but they're, they irritate you. This is the type of forgiveness where you can allow that person back into your life continually, and you can just lovingly bring them back into the fold. Uh, you know, you guys, forgiveness, like I said earlier, I'm not going to tell you that it's easy, but I will definitely tell you that if you do it, it's going to make your life have more joy. Once you forgive the people in your life and start to uh, analyze each relationship and figure out why do I feel like this anger towards this person or this irritation, is there some deep, you know, rooted unforgiveness that you might have. And maybe that relationship would get worked out easier if you could kind of look at yourself because you guys, you know what? It's so easy to point the finger and say, well, they did this and she did that and he did this. And she said, did you see what she did? It's so easy to hang on to that and to shift blame. But in all reality, we always have to not just look at others, but in the whole scenario of forgiveness is to also take into account ourselves. Maybe we communicated wrong. Maybe our boundaries weren't strong enough. Maybe we didn't share what we really felt. 
And this person kept reoffending because we never were clear with this person about the offense that kept being reestablished in that relationship because we weren't loud enough or strong enough to share our boundaries with that person. So that's a communication skill that takes time. I just want to encourage you guys out today. Uh, if you haven't in your hearts, maybe we can say a prayer right now. Uh, maybe we can talk about that person and we don't need to say names and we can say this prayer together to help you get the courage to get that forgiveness started in your heart. And last thing I wanted to say before we start the prayer is this. You don't have to feel like forgiving someone to actually do it. There has been many times where I for sure, I was so mad and I did not want to forgive them. But the Bible says, forgive one another. Are we going to go against what it says? Jesus said 70 times seven, 70, seven times 70, like 77 times 70. We are obligated. Our savior did it on the cross. We don't have to feel like it. So here's what we can do. Let's pray right now. Lord, first of all, we're so thankful for the cross and what you did. And we're thankful for your forgiveness for us and all the things that we get freed up because of your forgiveness and the blood that you shed. And Lord, I'm asking you right now to speak to not only just my heart, to everyone that's listening and watching right now, that maybe is just holding on to something and a, maybe an offense towards someone or they know exactly what that is. Lord, that you would give them the courage and the strength to bring that to remembrance. But not only that, Lord, that you would walk them through the steps that they need to go through to forgive this person or people and Lord, to have that a resolve in their heart and Lord, that you would also heal them as they're asking for this person's for forgiveness, for them to forgive them, Lord. But I would also ask for the healing power of your Holy Spirit to come right now and to start that process. Lord, and I also ask for the right words and the right mindset and the right time, if that's possible, for this person to confront the person that they're angry with or that they have unforgiveness for. We just thank you, Lord, so much for what you've done. And we thank you for the forgiveness again that you've given to us. And I thank you for the strength and courage that you're putting in this prayer to the people out there listening and watching right now in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys, I hope you enjoyed today because I don't know if you got something out of it, but I did. And I thank you so much for joining Annie's Pink Chair. And we will see you next time on Annie's Pink Chair. Hi friends, it's Annie Lobert from Annie's Pink Chair and I am actually on location at our nonprofit ministry called The Destiny House. And do you feel and see the presence that's going on here, the peace, the calmness, the comfort, the beautiful grass, the trees? This is what each woman comes to when she enters our Destiny House program for sex trafficking victims. Would you please consider partnering with us monthly or just send us a one-time donation? Just go to our website at hookersforjesus.net and click on donate. And listen, your donation 
goes to a good cause and it's tax deductible. Thank you so much.